Welcome to the Intelligent and Lazy Investor, where we help you start investing intelligently and lazily. So right now I'm running you through the five things the smart money is doing that the dumb money is not. And the first of those things is internal. It's psychological. It is to demand independence of the highest order. Most people are absolutely full of shit on the subject of investing. They're mindlessly mimicking their parents' bad habits while tragically regurgitating their parents' worst assumptions. And in the 21st century, with information where it is, we have to concede and to see that the problems that we're suffering under are not a result of Wall Street's greed. They're just a result of Main Street's fear. This is completely terrifying when you rip away the archvillain, the convenient scapegoat, and you can see that there's really no one else to blame. But people are so scared of uncertainty and they're th so thirsty for somebody else to blame that they're just sitting around hyperventilating and making self-imposed mistakes. When in doubt, remember this. Everyone who's hearing this is living in a first world country during the 21st century. And if you don't like the results that you're getting from the world, you don't blame the world, you change your approach. How do we do this in the context of investing? We take demand of every aspect of our net worth equation. Compound interest is not some scary math problem. If you Google image it, a scary math problem shows up, but that's not what it is. What it actually is, is just your money in the long term is a result of how much you invest times how well you invest times how long you invest. And that's it. Inherent in that math problem is the observation and the truth that investing is significantly greater than your income. Investing dictates all of this and every dollar that you ever make in income needs to be invested anyway. And so when you step back and look at that, it, the, the extent to which investing dwarfs income in terms of importance and how scary that is when you consider that 95% of the training that we receive in school and in college, maybe more than 95% is supposedly to help us make a, real, a living in the real world kiddo. When ultimately investing dwarfs it and nobody has received the emotional, the psychological or the tactical training to succeed at investing. And so how that shows up on a day-to-day -day basis is in terrible habits, which we'll get into, but also terrible assumptions and beliefs and self-beliefs about who you are and what you're capable of. And so just here's the cost of one bad assumption. The assumption that you can't beat the market, that it is impossible for you to invest your own money as an amateur investor better and in a way where your investments grow faster than the general economy that is keeping people diversified. It is keeping people in cash. It is keeping people ineffective. And let's just, you know, briefly quantify the cost of what that is. And so if you were to start with 50K and you were to invest $2,000 a month and you were to do that for 10 years, if you're doing an 8% return, and as an aside, Vanguard is estimating that diversified strategies are likely to do 3 to 5% over the foreseeable future, not 8%. But let's give it 8%, which is wildly optimistic according to experts. But anyway, you would have 450K roughly after 10 years. Whereas if you could take the same amount and multiply it at 24%, which is just 
basically answering the question, is it possible for me to double my money every three years? You would instead, after 10 years, have almost 1.2 million. And if you were to keep that going for an extra 10 years, so you were to double your money every three years for 20 while adding two grand a month to your investments, you would be sitting on just shy of $11 million. And so this, in a nutshell, is how you make up for lost time. You do everything in your power to pound compound interest. You invest as much as you can upfront, but even more importantly, if you're working with a longer time horizon, it's just what you're adding on a consistent basis. You think distantly into the future in terms of your time horizon. You're not trying to make money this afternoon. You're trying to build a foundation over the period of years and decades. And then when you've got that powerful foundation going, you ask yourself the question, what slate of hand is necessary for me to maximize my returns, for me to make sure that these investment dollars are being invested in these investments that are probably attached to companies that are going to dominate the coming decade, dominate the coming century. And so that one assumption, as we've just quantified very simply, is costing you seven, eight, or even nine figures over the long term, depending on what your inputs are. And for what upside? For what upside of clinging to that assumption? What do you get from hanging on to that assumption when on the when the risk of it, the risk of that inaction is theoretically into dozens of millions of dollars over the long term? And so again, most people are absolutely full of shit and wildly hypocritical on the subject of investing. And just as an example of the hypocrisy, let me know how many people you know aren't talking about Elon Musk in gushing terms while investing their own assets in exactly the opposite way of what he's doing, is one example out of trillions. And so here's the one-step process for independence. If you're actually serious about making your own decisions, deciding your own identity, your own trajectory, and taking intelligent action with the intention of getting what it is that you want from the world. You rub your nose in your mistakes so they don't happen twice. And if you can't do that, if you can't question your assumptions, if you can't have productive but also painful confrontations with yourself between the ears and then make necessary adjustments so that you're not just engaging in stupidity on auto on autopilot for the rest of your life you're not serious you join joey public the average person who's just not serious and so charlie munger warren buffett's right hand man has a quote about this that i love i like people admitting they were complete stupid horses asses i know i'll perform better if i rub my nose in my mistakes this is a wonderful trick to learn and so you know who's not full of shit my client jerome he ended up coming into my orbit as an investor when his kids were born. And what happened was he had his income and an inheritance sort of on autopilot. It was being invested by, you know, somebody else that he didn't particularly trust their ability to do it. But, you know, there was inertia and there was no real will to do it. And so it was just kind of on autopilot. And what happened was his children were born and he had a conversation with himself that sounded something like, I don't see how I'm going to be able to look these kids in the face and tell them and teach them about how to make a living in the real world, how to, you know, why to go to school, why to prepare yourself for the job market when I myself am not utterly confident about how money actually works. And that, that for him 
was an inciting incident. And I, I've seen that as an archetype in, in helping new parents. It's a kind of a nice kick in the ass that gets you rubbing your nose in your mistakes and thinking about the unworthy patterns of thought and behavior that you're not willing to bring with you into the future, and in this case, into your children's lives. And so he came in, he demanded independence of the highest order. He wrapped his head around some logically simple, but psychologically difficult adjustments in terms of his stock picking and, and you know, selecting the assets that he was going to pour his assets and income into. And he found himself saying sooner than later, I'm smart enough to find a pick. I am smart enough to look through my environment, my day-to-day -day life, identify every investable asset in my day-to-day -day life, choose one, run it through the system that I've turned to my interpretation, and consequently, I'm smart enough to do this myself. And from there, it did not take long for him to make a couple hundred thousand dollars with what was invested and find himself saying, this skill let me leave my job and start my own company while supporting my family. And so he took the same principles that you would use to select a good company to invest in and used it to start his own company. And then he used some of the proceeds from those investments to start that company and leave his job while keeping the lights on for his family showing that if you demand independence of the highest order, it's not about investing as a skill, it's about your decision that you are done relying on somebody else where you're going to do chores for them and then they're going to hand it to you and then you're going to hand it to another investor and your entire life, your entire trajectory is dictated by these people that have learned how to make bold decisions despite incomplete information, unlike the rest of the world who are worshiping Elon Musk while doing the exact opposite of what he and other people who are decimating uncertainty are doing. And so ultimately that's it. It is about demanding independence of the highest order and getting to a place where even though you can have great respect for the likes of Charlie Munger and Elon Musk and Warren Buffett, you develop your own level of conviction to the point where if you happen to disagree with them about something, you would be game to say, screw you, sir. I believe that you're a genius in your area, but in my ter terra firma, I disagree with you. And so Jerome found himself in that situation where not long after aggressively deploying his assets, he was confronted by a hedge fund manager and the hedge fund manager. And I don't blame, I don't blame any hedge fund manager who genuinely feels like this because they are operating on their own information independence, their own independence of the highest order. And they are in, entitled totally to do what they're doing and to try and to try and protect people in the ways that they're trying to protect them. But this guy took a look at what some amateur was doing and came up to him and said, listen, if you do this, you will lose everything. Give me all your money. I'll invest it for you for free. I just want to make sure that you don't get hurt. And fortunately, and like I said, that perspective is totally understandable, but it is so important that you develop the independence of the of the highest order if you're serious about getting what it is that you want and you're not just sitting on the sidelines daydreaming. And obviously there are going to be people listening to this and people all over the world that fit that description. But this is where you decide when or when you are or when you aren't serious is when you get a confrontation like that. And so in this situation, if Jerome had just blindly trusted that person's 
perceived expertise and perceived authority that would have literally taken from him. That decision would have taken from him everything that he's gotten since it would have prevented him from breaking free. And so luckily he looked the hedge fund owner in the face and he said, thank you, but I've got this. I appreciate you looking to protect me, but I definitely want to be doing this myself. And so, you know, it's one of those things where if you're trying to pinpoint what are the ingredients that you would need to be able to determine and and create independence of the highest order in your life. I mean, one of them is arrogance in the best sense of the word. Arrogance is confidence you haven't earned. It's an asset if and only if you do the work to earn it and turn it into real confidence, which is exactly what Jerome has done and exactly what I want to help as many people as possible do. And so that brings us to our second thing to do, to operate more like the smart money and less like the dumb money. And it'll be the subject of our next episode. It is to stop over-trusting authority and under-trusting yourself. And so this series is brought to you by Fine Fat Fish, popping people's stock cherries since 2010. If what I've said, if what I've just uttered resonated with you utterly, What I'd like you to do is leave a review, subscribe, and share with somebody who really needs to hear this, somebody who is operating under terrible assumptions that are locking them into a dependence and a lifestyle that is just not who and what they are. And if you're feeling committed to take action on this information and you're not still sort of just merely interested in an information collecting mode, then I would also invite you to check out Find Fat Fish. I will see you shortly on the next episode.